It's not particularly novel to say that following Jesus is not the same thing as religion or religiosity. In fact, that line of thinking, I think, is becoming more commonplace today. But what you don't think about as much is that when we think of ourselves as following a system called Christianity for the purpose of following Jesus, sometimes we forget that it's not just spiritual values that are in play. In fact, Jesus came to bring a philosophy of life. He was wisdom incarnate. And so the ways that he has told us to live are actually the practical ways we are meant to live. That's part of why I get fascinated by uh, groups, uh, schools like the Stoics, because they thought about all the practicalities of life and how those would answer to their way of thinking, to the the Stoic way. You know, I love Epictetus. He would think through the practicalities of day-to-day living so that he made sure that his philosophy of life could answer in any situation. Well, today's thought is going to follow very close on the heels of yesterday's. I talked about the anarchy of Jesus, the way that he has set us free into this very unknowable, unanticipatable thing that is by his spirit. I want to continue with that thought. And I want to continue too uh, with talking about Galatians. But today, I want Galatians and Romans 8 to get in the same sandbox and play together. In both of those chapters, Romans 8, Galatians 5 specifically, what we have is Paul looking at our inclination to uh, go with our gut, to trust our instincts. And he's looking us in the eye and saying, no, 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 stop doing that. That's a very American value, by the way. Our idea that our first impulse is often the right impulse is an absolutely incorrect view of the human life. So what I've done here today is take Romans 8 and Galatians 5, and I've kind of wed them together because those two bouncing off of each other create an incredibly cogent argument against the old fleshly instinct and then turning our hearts toward what I would like to call the new capital I instinct, the Holy Spirit of God. So here it is. Again, this is Romans 8, Galatians 5, kind of married up, turned in on each other so that it creates something I think really quite helpful for a day in a life like the day in the life you're living. So I'll read that to you. The activities of the lower nature are obvious. Here is a list. Sexual immorality, impurity of mind, sensuality, worship of false gods, witchcraft, hatred, quarreling, jealousy, bad temper, rivalry, factions, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. I solemnly assure you that those who indulge in such things will never inherit God's kingdom. For the whole energy of the lower nature is set against the Spirit, while the whole power of the Spirit is contrary to the lower nature. Here is the conflict, and that is why you are not free to do what you want to do. So, my brothers and sisters, you can see that we have no particular reason to feel grateful to our sensual nature or to live life on the level of the instincts. Indeed, That way of living leads to certain spiritual death. But if 
Christ lives within you. His presence means that your sinful nature is dead and your spirit becomes alive because of the righteousness he brings with him. I said that our nature is dead in the presence of Christ, and so it is because of its sin. Nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will, by that same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength and vitality. Therefore, if you cut the nerve of your instinctive actions by obeying the spirit, you are on the way to real living. Here is my advice. Live your whole life in the spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of your lower nature. If you follow the leading of the spirit, you stand clear of the law. You see, the spirit produces in human life fruits such as these, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, fidelity, tolerance, and self-control. And no law exists against any of them. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their old nature with all that it loved and lusted for. If our lives are centered in the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Did you see that arc kind of in your mind's eye as I read that to you? That movement out of what was and what has been crucified with Jesus into this absolutely glorious brand new reality that is the spiritual way of the spirit. But it's not only spiritual, it's practicable, it's livable. So when I look back through that sort of woven in accounting of Romans 8 and Galatians 5, I've gone back and just in bold right here in front of myself, I've made notes on each of those little sections. I just want to read that to you. This is my personal Eugene takeaway from what I just read to you. What happens to occur to us, our gut, our seemingly natural instincts, aren't typically terribly right. They are in fact often still a, a remnant of our old self. So there is the old and the new, the flesh and the spirit, the way that was leading to death and the way that is presently already life. Friends, we owe no allegiance to, honor to, um, admiration of our own gut level instincts. Living life, just as it happens to occur to us, is unthoughtful. And it's actually totally unhelpful. However, Jesus, having won over the flesh, having defeated death forever and ever, now means to bring his spirit right into your inner life. You can be dead to sin right now. You can be eternally alive right now. How? by listening to the Holy Spirit of God rather than the old spirit of your gut, which by the way, has rarely been right and has never been totally holy. How? By meeting him every day, living each moment aware of his presence, 
delighting to be indwelt by the actual spirit and life of heaven. Your opportunity here is worth everything humanly imaginable. It is as spiritually powerful as you can't even begin to imagine. Why? Because the Spirit's natural life, the the easy-born fruits of the center of His being, are the perfect attributes we've already seen in the life of Jesus. Those fruits are viable upon this earth. I mean, Jesus already lived them, so we can too. If you and I will just let our old instincts die, let our old selves become part of the past, we will be eternally right now in the life of the Holy Spirit. We will be these little focal points of heavens arriving upon the earth, just as Jesus was the great focal point in his day. We will abide in him, all of us together, so that our diffuse presence doing life all around this earth is actually his presence, his body. Think about it this way. You and I will finally live up to the name, the body, like meaning the alive, living, natural, spiritual entity of Christ, Jesus himself. Isn't that what we want to do today? So friends, don't forget Your gut, your instincts, sometimes they are still married up with the old habit of doing it the old way. But what a thrill it is to think that as we just set them aside and begin to listen to that subtle, at times loud, voice of the Holy Spirit, we are on the way to real living, as Paul says it. I want to be on the way to real living, and I know you do too. So let's live that way right now, today. Thanks for listening.